I want to talk to you tonight about something called the domino effect. The domino effect. I'm not talking about Domino's pizza. Um, and, and I hope it don't make you hungry. But the domino effect, you've probably all heard of it. It is a chain reaction that occurs when one event sets off a series of similar, related, or connected events. It is a reference to a series of standing dominoes, each of which topples the next, creating a chain reaction. The domino is often used as a metaphor and for cause and effect relationships. It is also a popular way to describe complex situations or systems because it helps people understand how different events or factors interact with each other. Events that are part of the domino effect typically happen within a small time frame. The domino effect is also known as a ripple effect or domino theory. So whenever I think about this, I also think about scripture. But what's fun for me is, and I use props a lot when I teach and preach, even in youth service, and there have been times where I've brought objects from home, and I have them in a bag where the youth group can't see them, and then I split them up into teams, and I give each group one of the objects that I brought from home, and there's no thinking behind which object I pick. I walk around the house, and I grab some things, and I bring them to church. I split them up into teams, and I hand them an object, and I say, okay, now each team has to come up with a sermon using this object. You have to have a scripture. One person from the team is going to have to get up in front of the rest of the group and share what y'all's message is related to that object that you brought. So the other day, I had already been thinking about using something that I had seen online. It was something about the domino effect. And I decided, okay, I'm going to turn this into a scripture. There's scriptures that I thought of when I heard the term domino effect. Ethan, could you please go get the uh, table for me? So with the domino effect, I would like to visualize what dominoes do, and we're going to share some scriptures tonight that actually have a domino effect. I believe that each scripture sets off a chain of events. None of them stand alone. Brother Bruce mentioned this recently. Brother A.J. Holloway mentioned it when he was here, that it's actually dangerous for us to take scriptures out of context. And if they're in their proper context, you will see that something sparked something else. We can't just pull it out of nowhere and think that it's going to fit a narrative or we try to twist it and make it fit something. There's actually a place that it came from. So domino effects can be good or they can be bad. There were domino effects that led to the Great Depression, domino effects that led to the worldwide pandemic of COVID-19, our national debt crisis that we're in, they all started somewhere. There were also domino effects that led to the upper room experience on the day of Pentecost that we read in Acts. There were also domino effects that led to the Azusa Street revival in the early 1900s. And there were even domino effects that led you to being in church tonight. So with domino effects, we, I listed some bad ones and some good ones. We think we know where each of those domino effects came from, whether they were good or the bad. But the choices that we make will eventually lead to certain dominoes in our life falling. We can make good choices or we can make bad choices. Sometimes the issue is us. Let me break that down for just a minute. Sometimes I want a domino to fall. Can y'all hear this? That's loud, isn't it? Sometimes I want a certain domino to fall, but it won't fall unless the one before it bumps into it. 
and I want to set up each domino in a certain, see look, there's already three of them falling on me. I want, this is why I, I can't hold a microphone, guys. I want to set up each domino in a certain way so that whenever the first one falls, it gets all the way to the last one. Hey, Ethan, I got a job for you. You have steadier hands than me. I just know it. You just set those up for me. I want to read a scripture to you guys that directly talks about a domino effect. Romans 10, 14 through 17. All the scriptures I'm reading tonight, you guys can follow on the screen or if you want to follow along in your Bible, it's from the Amplified Version. But how will people call on him whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher or messenger? And how will they preach unless they are commissioned and sent for that purpose? Just as it is written and forever remains written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news of good things. But they did not all pay attention to the good news of salvation. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? You're doing good, Ethan. I have faith in you. So faith comes from hearing what is told. And what is heard comes by the preaching of the message concerning Christ. Now, I don't know if you guys caught the part in there that says that the preachers have beautiful feet. I don't know about all the other preachers, but I really do. Okay, so we're just going to, you're just going to have to trust me on that. It's, it's, it's true. My wife has confirmed it. And um, I don't know if it's because I'm a preacher or if it's just genetics, but they're not bad. But this entire passage lays out the fact that one thing has to happen for something else to happen. How are people going to know anything about the word of God unless there's a preacher? How's a preacher going to go to do anything unless he is sent? How are, is anybody going to believe a good report unless they hear about it? All of these things have to happen. And I think it's important for us to understand that the, the word preacher is used, but in the Amplified Version, it also puts in parentheses the word messenger. This is still going to make my point. You're doing good. You're doing good. Is it the table? No? Maybe set them up right here. Maybe that's a better surface. No. You just, just, just what you have in your hand. You can leave the rest of them. But each part of that passage breaks down how one thing can't happen till the next thing happens. So I'm going to use this to apply it to my life. How do I get, let's use marriage as an example, because marriage, I believe, as we've, we've heard about our whole life, is also the same connection that Christ has with the church, right? Husbands are supposed to love their wives as Christ loves the church. It's, it's, it's not just symbolism. It's really an intimate relationship. It's not just what God wanted to use to make us have some cute, deep thoughts. It is legitimate. It is real. It is how his relationship is with us. It is supposed to be intimate. So if I have an intimate relationship with my wife and I want my wife to respect me, and let's use this as the last domino. All these dominoes are lined up and I want the very last one right here. If I'm going to push over this one first and this last one is my wife respecting me, 
and treating me well, I can't start with the one in the middle. I have to make sure I am loving and nourishing and protective, and I have to make sure I'm a good leader. If I want her to respect me, but all I do is touch the very, la- the very last one is I, I verbalize to her, hey, I need you to respect me, but I didn't do anything before that. Is that last domino of respect going to fall in our relationship? It won't. It's got to start here. And how is it going to start here? Well, first, it's, it even has to start before I even communicate with her. It has to start between me and God. And I have to say, God, I want my wife to treat me with respect. I need you and me to have an intimate relationship. And I have to spend time in prayer. I have to spend time reading God's word. I have to spend time around other people who are good husbands to their wives so I can have good influences. I have to go to to Keith and see and understand exactly how him and Michael uh, carry on in their relationship and make sure if I see that they have a good walk with God and they have a good relationship with each other, that's where I'm going to get my guidance. I'm going to look at my pastor and his wife and see how their relationship is and say, okay, my pastor told me that he treats his wife with love and respect and he doesn't talk down to her or make fun of her. So she respects him. So I've got to start over here where he's starting. But the same is true for anything else. Let's use, look, there's my hands shaking again. Let's, let's think about, this is the last domino now. <laughs> let's think about it in the same way with my children. I want my children to have a good relationship with me, and I want them to respect me, and I want them to know and understand how much dad loves them. Well, the very first thing that I need to do is understand my relationship with my heavenly father. Say, okay, when I mess up over and 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 over, because we, we all do, God never looks at us and shouts and says, you're, you're a failure. How could you do this? You keep messing up. God says, it's okay. I'm still here for you. So if I want my kids in this last domino to show me respect, I can't just shout out to them. I want you to be more respectful to me and think that that's going to work. I've got to start here, knowing and understanding my relationship with God. And I have to treat them like God treats me, with patience, with love, with kindness. Sure, sometimes there's going to be a moment where all the buttons have been pushed, and it's the end of the day, and they haven't listened. So I'm not saying that parents are supposed to act perfectly like Jesus every day, but we're supposed to try to. We're supposed to strive to. Jesus knows none of us are ever going to be perfect. But he knows, he also put in his word, that we're supposed to try to attain a certain level of intimacy with him. We're supposed to try to be like him. We're supposed to obtain these fruits of the spirit and draw close to him every day. But I can't get some of these dominoes over here at the end to fall if I don't start somewhere at the beginning first. It has to start with with the fruit of the spirit in my home, with my family, with my friends. Somebody complained to me recently that they didn't have any friends. And you know what I said to them? I said, well, there's a scripture that says in order to have friends, you have to show yourself friendly. You can't just go shout from your front porch and say, God, give me friends. And then you never leave your house again after that. You've got to get out of the house. You've got to make the first domino fall. You've got to get involved and you've got to talk to people and you've got to go out of your way to also be friendly and to be kind. Does that make sense? Does that? The idea of the domino effect happening in our life it's just so powerful for me. I'm going to share with you guys this next scripture, and it's, it's all about Jesus teaching something to the disciples, and at, at first they didn't get it, so Jesus had to explain it to them a second time. 
And what's really cool about the disciples is that happened a lot. If you look at the conversations between Jesus and the apostles and Jesus and the Pharisees, a lot of times these people asked him, this, asked him a question after he had already taught. And that's happened to me before. I've went through something and I felt like I heard from God and then I have to go back to God and say, wait a minute. What was the plan here? Because I'm, I'm a little lost. What were your ideas? Because I've got some ideas too, God. And God says, I understand that you think you have these cute little ideas, but I've got a better plan. Matthew 21, 18 through 22. Now early in the morning, as Jesus was coming back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a lone fig tree at the roadside, he went to it and found nothing but leaves on it. It was not producing fruit. And he said to it, never again will fruit come from you. And at once the fig tree withered. When the disciples saw it, they were astonished and asked, How is it that the fig tree has withered away all at once? Jesus replied to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, if you have faith, personal trust, and confidence in me, and do not doubt or allow yourself to be, down, to be drawn in two directions, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and be thrown into the sea, it will happen if God wills it. And whatever you ask for in prayer, believing, you will receive. It's a domino effect. They have to ask in order to receive, but it was also a domino effect with the fig tree. It wasn't producing fruit. So Jesus said, it's of no use to me. It withered up. But he told them the same thing will happen with you. If you don't produce fruit, you're going to die out. Because they said, well, well, how did that happen? Why did this happen? And he thought it was important to not just tell them that it happened. He related it back to them. Jesus was teaching, and I'm not saying this to brag on me, but I just like to find the parallels in my life with, with Jesus, because that's who we're supposed to be like. Right. Jesus saw an object walking along the road, and he said, I'm going to use this to teach the disciples something. Yeah. And he said, this fig tree is withered up and falling apart. It's not producing anything. And that will happen to you as well. Jesus used objects. He taught object lessons. He taught with, with props. Maybe not a set of dominoes. I don't know if it was invented back then. But we have to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to be drawn in two directions. That's what it said towards the end of that scripture. He said, if you allow your, do not doubt or allow yourself to be drawn in two directions. I think a lot of times when we're drawn in two directions, it's going to start with doubt. That's what would have caused them to go two separate ways. And you can't serve two masters. You can't go down two different paths. You can't look at a fork in the road and say, okay, I'm going to try both. It's one or the other. And I think Jesus was very clear with them. Do not doubt or allow yourself to be drawn in two directions. You will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain. So he gave them both. He gave them both sides. If you go this way, you will wither like the fig tree. And if you go this way, you'll be able to tell the mountains to move. So we have to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to be drawn in two directions. We have free will, and we have the free will to do things. We have the free will to make decisions. So let's think about the dominoes again. I um, asked you guys earlier to share something that's making you happy. Now, I think every single day we're supposed to start off our day just making the devil mad. As soon as our foot touches the ground, he should say, uh-oh, Mason's up again. Who's he going to talk to today? What's, what, what's happening? 
However, if the very first thing I do, and I'm guilty of it, and you might be too, but if the very first thing I do is look at social media with all the stupid stuff that's on there, this domino is not going to knock into the rest of them and make the devil mad. I'm go- it's going to fall the wrong way, and I'm going to get mad because I'm going to see all the, the ignorance on social media. I'm going to see the negative comments. I'm not going to see and understand what God wants me to see. But if I look at his word, the dominoes might fall in the right direction. But if I turn on the news, and we've talked about that recently, it's just a bunch of garbage on there. If we turn that on, again, am I going to be making the devil mad? Nope, I'm just getting mad. I'm getting aggravated. And then I just want to vent to somebody. And I want to say, well, how do these people not understand this? And what's going on here? Or if I want to talk to my wife and have a good day with my wife, the very first thing I do when I get up out of bed, if I go into the living room and I nag about some toys being on the floor, is that going to make the domino fall at the end of the day that, that produces fruit in a good relationship with her? Nope. It's going to put me in a bad mood. And her response is, well, I was making the kids breakfast and they were playing in the living room. A messy living room is going to happen. This is where I'm flawed and I have to recognize the right dominoes have to fall in order for for some joy to happen in my life. If I just look at the negative things over and over and over, there's going to be no joy. There's going to be no happiness at the end of the dominoes. So the same is true for for how we behave at work, for how we behave with our friends. Um, You have to make sure you're making the dominoes fall the right way, not sideways, not left or right, not not falling at all. You have to get up and start your day. Um, This next scripture is very, very, very important to me, and it's been hard to apply to my life, and I have made um, improvements, and I hope that I continue to. Matthew 6, 22 and 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is clear, spiritually perceptive, your whole body will be full of light, benefiting from God's precepts. But if your eye is bad, spiritually blind, Your whole body will be full of darkness, devoid of God's precepts. So if the very light inside you, your inner self, your heart, your conscience is darkness, how great and how terrible is that darkness? So again, let's think about these dominoes. If I want God's spirit to be living in me, but I'm watching filth on TV, the domino is going to fall the wrong way. It's never going to knock the rest of them down to bring me closer to him. Why? Because the eye is the light of the soul. It is how we are connected with God. If I'm allowing these, these things into my eyes and into my ears, and I'm going to tell you guys, I, I said something, me and my wife, I don't remember how long we were married when I was watching this TV show, and I'm not going to share with you what it is. But there was this TV show I was watching, and we were the junior high Sunday school teachers at our church in Florida. We had been married for a year or two, I believe. We were on the youth leadership team. We were overseeing Kids Church and the Joy program. And there was a show I watched on TV, and it was bad. And I remember telling my wife, I am so convicted about watching this. But there's one more season. (laughs) Anybody else ever been there? There's one more season, and I need to know what happens. I just wanted to know. I just... And and what's, what's really ridiculous is the outcome had no impact on my life absolutely zero other than talking with people at work about it and maybe um, being in the know about what was going on on this show and posting about it online no actually I don't think I ever did that 
because I knew that other people knew that it was bad. And I, was, I would have been embarrassed and called out. So what we watch is important. What we look at on our, on our Instagram, on our Facebook, on our news media, and if you don't have a trouble with looking, you don't have trouble looking at those things, then bravo to you. That's something I have a hard time with. And it's not, and I'm not just talking about things that are really bad. Some of it's just bad enough to put you in a bad mood. Now, I'm not saying it's going to send you to hell. I'm saying it won't help the dominoes fall the right way. So let's look at this next scripture, Mark 16, 15 through 17. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed in me and has been baptized will be saved from the penalty of God's wrath and judgment. But he who has not believed will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. These are more domino effects. People have to go into all the world and preach to all creation. People have to be baptized. Then they will be saved. These are, all of these things have to happen. But in order for somebody to hear about it, God has to send somebody. But then the last part I thought was very interesting, and, and, and I did more research, and I wasn't able to put every scripture in here tonight. We would have been too long. But it says these signs will accompany those who believed in my name they would cast out demons they will speak with new tongues did you know in every part of the new testament when someone was talked about receiving the gift of the holy ghost or the holy spirit every single instance tongues accompanied there is in no way shape or form that you receive the gift of the holy ghost without speaking in new tongues if every single part of the bible mentions it i believe it's accurate for us today too so believing is just one step to getting that domino to fall. You believe, then you be baptized, you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and it's true if you don't believe as well. That same part of the scripture says if you don't believe, then there's penalties of God's wrath and of his judgment. And it's important to understand this, and I tell this to the youth group all the time, and, and I've illustrated it. I illustrated it recently. Um, if you're moving the camera around, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to stress you out. But this is what I do in youth service sometimes. I did this in, uh, in center point. And what I did was I stood over the chair and I explained it like this. Somebody told me tonight to preach like a Pentecostal preacher. So here we go. I explained it like this. God is never standing over you and pointing down at you. You're a failure. You've messed up. I don't want anything to do with you. He's not judging you. He's not putting you down. He's not explaining to you how you've messed up here, here, and here. He's not looking at you like that. He's actually looking at you like this. Right across from you, knee to knee with you, with his arms out and saying, it's okay if you messed up, Ethan. I'm here for you. You can turn away from whatever it was that caused you to mess up, and I'm still here for you. In a still, small voice. Yes, one day... He will be a God of wrath and of judgment. That scripture talks about that. But today's not that day. So we have to make sure we're making, we're making the dominoes fall in the right way. I want to end with, um, with this scripture. Michael, I can't remember if I sent you Philippians 4, 8 through 9. But this is the one that talks about setting your thoughts up the right way. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, 
and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life. Not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday, not just when you're meeting with the pastor, not just when stressful things are going on in daily life. And the God who is the source of peace and well-being will be with you. It's hard to live in a negative lifestyle if we're so focused on living a lifestyle of gratefulness and of generosity and of peace and of being happy and of sharing the good news. The negative thinking will never produce a positive life. Never. I also want to add that I'm, I'm very intentional about who I spend time with. And I'm not saying that to be mean to other people or say that you should just cut people off. But if you're constantly around negative people, it's going to eventually rub off on you. And you've got to be very mindful about what you, who you spend time with. I already talked about what you watch. And I've talked to the youth group so much about what, what kind of music you listen to. But the people you spend time with is so important. So I have to make sure that, that that is true for other people too. I have to put myself in their position and say, am I somebody that other people would want to hang around? Am I always negative? Am I always whiny? Am I always just complaining about the Democrats or the Republicans? Am I always just complaining about what happened at work? Or am I sharing something good that's going on? Are other people interested in spending time with me because I'm, I'm positive? Now, this isn't something that, that I'm good at, but it's something that I'm saying we all need to practice. We have to make sure that the right dominoes fall in our life. The outlook of negative thoughts can be reversed. It is a mindset that has to be worked on because I think that negativity has become a habit for so many people. It's become a habit. It's become fun. It is true that bad news travels faster. Just recently, we, there was a there was a fire behind the church. If somebody would have posted a picture of the church parking lot and said we're having a prayer meeting Saturday night at 6.30, Holy Ghost fire is going to fall. I don't know if we would have had the same amount of people here as we did when there was a real fire in the woods. But one is good news, one is bad news. And I'm not insulting anybody who came about the fire. I'm not, I'm not doing that at all. I'm just I'm relating to you how it is true that negativity sells. That's why Hollywood does it. That's why the media does it, the news. It's all over social media. If I post something good and exciting on my Facebook, there might be 10 people react to it in a couple of comments. You post something atrocious or divisive or controversial, like who has the best spicy chicken sandwich? You're going to get a lot, of more, a lot more interested in it because it's controversy. But we have to be a part of the change in making sure the dominoes fall the right way. We have to be the ones to say, look, I'm not going to allow negative thinking to overcome me or my life or people I'm spending time with. It takes, it's going to sound crazy. It's, this is not, I'm not preaching this. I'm just using this as an example. Have you guys ever heard of the term of being brainwashed? Okay. I'm not trying to brainwash you. But it takes a certain kind of mind training and thought training. If you train yourself to look at a scripture every morning, you will have less and less negativity. 
If you train yourself, let's, let's use fitness, for example. If I'm going to the gym, you know, five days a week for a year, I'm eventually going to see results. I need to have a good workout plan and I need to have a good, a good diet to go with it, but you're eventually going to see results. It's the same way. We have to train our brains to behave a certain way. We have free will, so God's not going to look at us later on and then we just get to say, well, God, you made me that way. This is just the way I was. It's the way I was raised or it's the way that my mama did it or it's the way that you know, my friends were, and that's how I am. I'm just negative and you're just going to have to deal with it. If God gave us free will, he gave us free will to change it too. We, we can choose to behave in a better way. We can choose to make sure the dominoes fall in the right direction. I am absolutely and incredibly thankful for our pastor. And the very first thing I thought of in this scripture that I read at the beginning, Romans 10, 14, it talked about how will they hear without a preacher? And I thought about my preacher. And I don't know about you guys and Uncle Bruce, I'm not trying to get you a lot more um, counseling or office visits or anything after this. But this is just, this is just something that has helped me. And, um, and I believe it's good for any of us to, to have somebody, a mentor or somebody we can talk to. But there are, there are a few people in my life I know that I can go talk to. I call my mom almost every day. And if I don't call her, she calls me. I think it was this morning when I left my house. I was picking up my phone about to call her, and she was already calling me. She saw on my Life360 that I had left home, and why wasn't I calling her? <laughs> so she called me, and we talked on my way to my physical therapy appointment. But I have my mom that I can talk to and I lean on. I have my pastor who I can talk to and I can lean on. And I don't, I don't think of my pastor as just somebody who stands here and preaches to me on Sunday mornings. A pastor is supposed to be so much more to us in our life than that. And Again, I'm not trying to get you a lot more office visits, but I, will, I have gone and sat in his office and vented to him about things and gotten advice from him or I've called him and told him things. So he's been somebody I can do that with. My wife and my friends, there are people that I can lean on. My wife hears it so much um, and, and she has helped me through things. And sometimes she's told me after I've done something, she says, you know, I'm really proud of you. I thought you were gonna respond in a negative way. You did a really good job. As a matter of fact, it happened recently, but I had, been in, I had been in prayer meetings that week, and that's why I was able to respond positively to a person where my flesh wanted to respond in a negative way. But I would have responded negative if I wouldn't have been in prayer. So if you would, it's only 7.52. If you guys would stand with me so we can pray. The way to get these dominoes to fall correctly in our life in the right direction to make sure the last one goes down, whether it's love or respect or a closer walk with God, or with a friend or a family member, or you're wanting to reach somebody, it's gonna start with prayer. It's gonna include fasting. It's going to include reading God's word. It's going to include applying what we hear at church. We can't just hear these messages and think that that was cute and, and it was fitting, and then we, we don't even know what, what was said the next day. It takes application over and over and over. There was some of Brother Bruce's messages that I've listened to on previous Wednesdays, and I just, I, there was one of them I listened to twice. I'm like, that was good, but I needed it again. But it's, it's true with these dominoes. Every little thing, good or bad in our life, has to start somewhere. And we're the ones with the free will over our life. I can't wait for my wife to kick me into gear and say, okay, you got to get up. And do now, sometimes she does tell me, okay, it's time to get out of bed. But we can't wait for those things in our life. We have to make them happen ourselves. 
Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for everything that you do for us. I ask you tonight to help us all apply your word. I ask you to help us all build a relationship with your word so that we can grow in our intimacy with you, Lord God. I ask you to help us all and keep us safe tomorrow as we go about our work week. I ask you for protection. I ask you to touch every name that was mentioned on that prayer list. I ask you to help the dominoes fall the right way in our life. Help us to show love to each and every person we come in contact with. Help us to be a vessel for your word. Help us to show the fruit of the spirit so that we don't wither away like the fig tree, Lord God. I ask you to help all of us show the mercy and grace to others that you have shown to us. We love you and we thank you for it all. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.